Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Okay, so first of all, we're going to be joined by Colin today. He hasn't been with us for the past two episodes. He was going to join us yesterday, but then he decided. So he skipped out on the free agency talk, basically, a lot of that. Um, and didn't get to talk about his thought on those trades, but whatever, we moved on today. So today we're going to be uh, talking about the NBA, my our picks for NBA awards, and try to keep that short because I'm going to go on a rant about the Patriots, who have recently picked up Bruce Ellington and Golden Tate's off to the New York Giants. So we're going to get all to that. That's going to be a big rant. Uh, but we'll start with the NBA awards and start out a uh, a little smooth. So first we'll start with MVP. And I'll, I'll let you start this one off, Colin. Who do you think the MVP of the NBA is right now? Okay. I think right now the NBA MVP should be Paul George. But who do I – I do not think it's going to go to him because overall he's been doing really good the past couple, like, months, but he didn't start off the season as strong as, as he's finishing. And I think Giannis has been – um. He's been like the same all well not the same all year, but he's been doing really good all year, so I think he'll probably win it. I think James Harden would have won it, but uh his lack of defense No, his defense has been good this year. He's one of the top in steals this year. His defense's been better. His steals, though, don't match up to his defense. His steals are better than his real defenses. His defense has got better, but it's still not great. People look at the steals and tell me that, but his defense has got better, but his steals are really Better than his defense. But um, if you compare James Harden's defense, so like... Oh, yeah, out of the two, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, who I think should win MVP is James Harden. But I make some motion that. Personally, I don't think Paul George should win. He's third, and I kind of think because Paul George is the best defensive player, but James Harden's had a solid-ish defensive year, and Giannis has been behind him. So the defense helps him, but not by a ton because his two other candidates are um, have played solid defense as well. Paul George has struggled these past few games and um, didn't begin the season as strong as the other. So I just think he's the third one, and I think he's in the race, but you know, scooch aside, it's down to Giannis or James Harden. Giannis and James Harden have arguably been the two most important pieces this season to their teams. So it's hard to choose there. I think Giannis might be slightly more important than Paul George, uh, James Harden, though. Slightly. But James Harden has teared it up. I saw a statistic the other day. He could stop playing. He could just skip all the rest of the games. and No, he could go scoreless for the rest of the season and still lead the league in points per game. James Harden's been on a tear. I'm sorry. I think he's the pick. And Giannis is a close second. But I think a a key factor for James Harden is not only his great scoring outburst, but the fact that he's, you know, he's actually picked up his defense is a huge part of this. Um, And Giannis is a great season. Paul George, I'm not um, knocking that. Here's the disadvantage, though, why Giannis might win. People might look at Giannis as slightly more important his defense was better than James Harden's, and the fact that Houston doesn't get a vote in the MVP race. This was something brought up last year when it kind of went down to the James Harden or LeBron. People were like, it's going to be LeBron. People thought maybe it's LeBron because Houston doesn't get a vote in the MVP race, which I kind of find ridiculous. Uh, and it's a disadvantage for sure. And 
Um, it's a disadvantage for James Harden. And obviously, you can say it's biased if Houston gets a vote because they're so big. But at least a little portion of it should. I, I don't know. Like I'm not going to get into the technicalities on that. But that's our pick. So, Colin, you think Paul George? Uh, I just don't think Paul George. Giannis is going to win. All right. Personally, who would I want to see win? Probably Paul George because James Harden already has his MVP and he gets kind of scuffed minutes and scuffed stats because he gets to shoot so many times. Giannis is such a young stud. He's probably going to win one down the road anyway. Paul George's story is incredible because people don't even think he's going to be an all-star this year. Um, That big injury, people weren't sure he'd recover back. And now he's came out and been a stud this year. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see him win, but I don't think he... I think there are two other guys named Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden that had a better season than him. So moving on next to Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Colin, who's your pick? Paul George. Same. This is why I would like to see Paul George win MVP, too, because he'd be one of the only players in NBA history to do. uh, I think, yeah. To be MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, one of the few. Um, Mine's Paul George. I think um, guys like... Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Miles Turner have had incredible seasons defensively, but I think Paul George is going to win it. Lately, though, I think the race has got a little closer. People have just said it should be pretty much unanimously be Paul George, but I think it's a little closer. It's starting to tighten up. Like Miles Turner is coming up, and Rudy Go like these type of guys, and Paul George's defense is slightly. Just the slightest. I mostly think it's just the people behind him have got a little better, especially Miles Turner. But I think it's should be and will be Paul George. Um. So next, uh, well, something I have on right. uh, Paul George. He's he's a good all around defender, but he can like get blocked and he can get steals too. Other people like Miles Turner. Miles Turner right now is averaging. A steal, about a steal and three blocks per game, which is good, but... He's a center, though. I know. As a center, you're not really going to get a lot of steals. But Paul George is just better because he's just going to get a lot of steals plus a lot of blocks. So Yeah, I don't know. His position is... I guess it's debatable. Um, Next is Rookie of the Year. Um, I have Luka Doncic here. Personally, I don't think it's unanimous because Trey Young's played really good. People called Trey Young a bust at the beginning of the season, and I said, no way. No, you, you quit it. I, like, why are you calling him a bust this early in his career on the the Atlanta Hawks? Very early in his career. Did he struggle a little? Yeah, but he was still having a solid season, and now all of a sudden he has a few good games. Oh, look at Trey Young. Trey Young. You know what? I think people were starting to think that they should have voted for Trey Young to be in the All Star game. People just got so obsessed with him and said he's not a bust anymore. When was Trey Young a bust? But it's still uh, Luka Doncic for me. Uh, Trey Young second, and I'd say DeAndre Ayton's having a very good season as well, very underrated, and he's in third. And I think most of the bust talk for Trey Young's because Luka Doncic was kind of overshadowing the season, and people thought his scoring numbers were struggling a little, a little. I guess, but he doesn't have much help. Personally, I never thought he was a bust, and I think he's in second place. Aiton's in third for the race, and I got Luka Doncic as the rookie of the year. Okay, so same with me. I think Luka Doncic is going to win rookie of the year. Despite Trey Young's great season, it's still like Luka Doncic is like, he's going to be the next future. He's going to be an MVP probably. Yeah. 
And um, Trey Young, I mean, he's a good player, but over Luka Doncic, no. Yeah, Luka Doncic has been great. And tr- so Trey Young. Um, so now moving on for most improved player of the year. Be spicy. Yeah, Pascal Siakam. There have been a lot of players worthy of this award this year, like a ton. But I think Pascal Siakam wins the prize, and the reason for it is because every stat of his has gone up literally, every stat. And a lot of these players have had very good seat, uh, most improved player seasons. Like, there have been a ton of players. Like D'Angelo Russell, like, it's crazy to think that these guys. People are kind of saying, also, I've heard a few people say Derrick Rose, which is, like, I see where you're coming from. But, like, it's weird because he's had better seasons before, but yeah. just as lately. Listen, D'Angelo Russell, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heal, just to name a few of the guys that could win, have had super improved seasons. And D'Angelo Russell's one of those people who I really didn't think was a bust either. I just think I really liked his play style and never really considered him a bust yet. I keep seeing given given time, and I just liked his potential and everything. I don't know why, and luckily I stuck with it, and I can say – uh Proudly, and I'm not lying because I'll stick to my word with like I'll always say it. The Lakers, I always thought they're gonna make the playoffs the whole season, and I stand up with it. They didn't, but Pascal Siakam just improved in every area of the game, and that's why I have to give it to him. And uh, for me, who's in second place, probably D'Angelo Russell, um, and then between De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, maybe for third. But there are a lot of guys that are worthy of it for sure. So, I mean, you can make an argument for a lot of these guys. Um, so next award is sixth man of the year. I want to see Derrick Rose win so bad. So this is the award where I want to see if I, if I could pick someone to win the award, it would be Derrick Rose. Realistically, it would be Derrick Rose for sixth man. Like obviously, oh, you want J.R. Smith to win MVP now? You can pick now. It has to be, like, realistic. I think it's a realistic shot Derrick Rose gets six man. I want to see him win an award so bad because who doesn't like Derrick Rose in his story to get back? And he's had a great, great season. And I hope we can get more in-depth on Derrick Rose and that whole situation. So do you think he's going to win? Do I think? Maybe. I, I don't really have a pick here. I want to see Derrick Rose win. I think here. I think there might be a little bias here, and they'll give it to him. Wait, but there's guys like Lou Williams, okay. Spencer Dinwiddie, like that could win this award. I think Derrick Rose, though, you got there's probably gonna be a little bias, and he'll probably win because Lou Williams has won it multiple times, and Lou Williams might be the best bench player ever, and he's having a great season. It's. I think it's overall though, it's gonna be Derrick Rose or Lou Williams. I think it's gonna be Derrick Rose because. Lou Williams won last year, so they're probably not going to pick him again. Well, no, and, like, I get what you're saying. Like, he's won and Derrick Rose just hasn't. That's going to be biased. And yeah. Derrick Rose used to be a great player, and then MVP, he has yeah. a great story coming off of, like, a really bad ACL yeah. injury. And um, Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't have a great story. He's just kind of. No, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I know, like, but overall, too. Um, Derrick Rose probably had a better season off the bench. Yeah, he has. Yeah. All right, so next uh, award is Coach of the Year. So we have two more awards that we're going to get to, Coach of the Year and then Executive of the Year, which is one that people, like, never talk about. And I have a pick 
Um, there. But who's your coach of the year? Mike Budenholzer. Okay. I have to go with the same thing. Uh, Malone, um, out in Denver. Um, Malone, he is second place for me. He's done a great job as well. But he comes in second place. Mike Budenholzer's been great. He's ran that Bucks offense to perfection. And I'm not lying there either. And their defense has been very good as well. So is the um, Nuggets defense has been solid as well. But people always say, yeah, Mike Budenholzer, because his offense, the way he's run his offense has been perfect. Not only that, his defense has been very good as well. Like top, I think they're the best efficient, most efficient team defensively. Them are the Jazz. So not only does his offense run to perfection, his defense is too. I wouldn't say perfection. I'd say his offense is a little better than his defense. But all around, he's been fantastic. And Malone, although his team's overachieved a little more, has Malone's out in Denver. Overall, I think he's comes in a second place. And I have to give the nod here to Mike Budenholzer. But both of them, it's either going to be him or Malone. If anyone else wins it, I'm going to go on a rant. Wait a minute. But realistically, I think Tom Thibodeau has it in the bag. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. I know. I, all right, uh, who do you have for executive of the year? Uh, oh, can I, I just – I'll take my pick. I have to go with D- – Dallas yeah. Mavericks, Cynthia Marshall. That's what I was going to say because uh, the, they just made some incredible picks with to get – I mean, not picks, but, like, they traded to get Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. traded to get Porzingis. It's just they're yeah. building themselves a foreign dynasty. You look at it. And I think the Trey Young Luka Doncic trade was win win, personally because the Hawks get Trey Young, who, and the pick from Dallas. So, but Dallas gets Luka Doncic, so it's like win win there. So I, yeah, I agree with you. And then Chris asked Porzingis, they got Porzingis for a bag of chips, and I know they gave up Dennis Smith Jr. in two first, but think about it, they gave up some not so well. They gave up Wesley Matthews' contract. They gave up DeAndre Jordan's contract, which he might have been worth. But And Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't a fit needed to be traded. You give him up for two first-round picks for Chris Stapps. So I'm not necessarily saying they gave up a bag of chips, but they gave up a bag of chips for Chris Stapps Porzingis. The unicorn. This was stuff. a low-risk, high-reward trade because they didn't give up a lot, and there's a small risk involved. Chris Stapps possibly could come back and not be a great player. Like, he could be a shell of himself for the rest of his career, which is the risk. But they didn't even give up a lot to get him anyway. And that risk is like, there's a 5% chance that happens. 4%. I think he's also a very good fit with Luka Doncic. That's not going to be the problem. The only risk there is that Kristaps returns and uh, he isn't the same player. I think also uh, the Dallas Mavericks, super um, friendly organization, player friendly. And he's a restricted free agent, so he's going to come back anyway. And he's going to like it. There's none, none of those problems. It's just going to be the injury. That's the only risk. So, yeah, Cynthia Marshall, we both agree on that. So those are our NBA uh, award picks so far. So now um, we're going to go over to the Patriots wide receiving core and some of the, you know, a lot of the receiver news. And I'm about to go on a rant, just warning you. So, uh, yeah, let's get to that. So I warned you guys. I'm possibly going to go on a rant here about the Patriots because the receiving core has been great. I'm kidding. It's been, if you don't know, it's super thin. We are super thin at receiver. I just want to read you guys the receiving core and see how much this pops. Really pop. Warning, if you're wearing headphones, 
He's about to get as loud as he did on I wouldn't the say that. Kazoo Batch trade. All right. We have. We signed Bruce Ellington, by the way, who is a 5'9 wide receiver. He's 27 years old, played for the Texans and the Lions last season, got part of his hamstring removed, and has a total of five touchdowns in his, uh, like, six NFL seasons, I believe. Uh, yeah, six, uh, five NFL seasons, five touchdowns. That's great. A total of 769 career receiving yards. He's played for the 49ers for two years. He played for Houston for two years, and then Detroit uh, for a year. But I think there was a trade. So secondly, one and a half. Well, yeah, one and a half with the um, and two and a half with the Texans and a half with the Lions. There we go. So I'm proud to say, as a Patriots fan, we are supporting 42 year old Tom Brady with five nine Braxton Berrios, who has done nothing in his NFL career. Five ten Julian Edelman. 26-3 wide receiver Josh Gordon. Um, 6-2 Damoon Patterson. And 6-foot Matthew Slater, who won't even play wide receiver. And I believe uh, Jacob Hollister is probably going to walk anyway. And that's basically... Uh, oh yeah, Philip Dorsett, who's uh, 5'9 or 5'10. So I'm glad to say we have two receivers that are legitimately going to play wide receiver. That are over six foot. Josh Gordon, who might not even play ever again. I, I told you. And Damoon Patterson. Okay. Who's never from Youngstown State, 24-year-old, one-year experience, never even heard of the guy. I'm glad to see we're really shooting for Damoon here. <laughs> this free agency with this receiver class. This has been so great as a Patriots fan. We have... We all, all, this whole roster is filled up, filled up of washed up five foot slot receivers. We have two receivers that will legitimately play their position over six foot. One of them may never play again, and one of them probably shouldn't even be in the NFL. What, wait, you forgot, you forgot about the, uh, the guy who, oh, Rob Gronkowski, the guy who's, who gets injured every game and wants to retire. That guy. Well, he's a tight end. I'm talking about the receivers. It's nice to know that we're going to have to play someone by the height of, let's see here. It's nice It's nice to know that Damoon Patterson, assuming Josh Gordon's probably not even going to play, Damoon Patterson's going to be the one outside, outside the numbers catching passes for us. I will say, the one thing here, Philip Dorsett has done a little, like, he's an out, a small outside the numbers receiver. That's not what I'm looking for. If Josh Gordon, you know, this whole thing didn't happen, you have your guy. But now we're going to have to spend a late first-round pick. I don't want to put all my money on a rookie that was picked in the late first or second round to receive outside the numbers for Tom Brady. Do we still not to mention, one of our outside tackles is Isaiah Wynn who is 6'2", he has the body of a guard, and just blew his knee last season, which means we have a basically rookie who just blew his knee and is the body of a guard protecting 42-year-old Tom Brady. So th we're really surrounding them with um, with help, really. We are. Uh, do you know Philip Dorsett is still on the team? Uh, he is. We, we re-signed him. Oh, and good. 
He's a, he's a very underrated player. Bruce, he's, a, he's actually pretty good. Bruce Ellington. Oh. Last season. Caught a total of, let's see. Caught a total of, I believe, 132 plus 29. So, like, 224 receiving yards. How many touchdowns? He had one touchdown. One touchdown, 224 yards. It's nice to know he put up less statistics all season than Julio Jones did in one game. It's nice to know. He's a five. He's he's a twenty-seven-year-old five-nine receiver that is partial parts of his hamstring removed. I'm glad to know this is what I've been, you know, waiting for the Patriots to make a move. I'm glad to know that I was waiting for these past few days, constantly refreshing and seeing what pa- move the Patriots made to know that we signed Bruce Ellington. It was nice. It was nice. And I know we have, what, $9 million in salary cap space, which isn't much to to work with, but we could have trimmed some of those salaries and got Golden Tate. So if you didn't know, Golden Tate just signed with the um, New York, New York Giants. Giants. I, I don't know what's going on with Golden Tate. Why? Personally, I want the Patriots to get Golden Tate on in a one-year deal. Or a possibly two-year deal because I just didn't want his money affecting us because he only had like four touchdowns last season. And honestly, I thought, you know what? I'm not sure he's really going to be, you know, amazing. I mean, he's better than... Yeah, he, he, he'll still be good. He'll, he'll still be good. He'll be better than Damoon Patterson. I can, <laughs> I can honestly very much guarantee you that. Um, So, I don't know what the deal is. It's just kind of breaking news for the past, like, 15, like, 20 minutes. So, there's no real uh, news on the, like, contract details. But I want to see what it is. I want to see what this deal is. Because, honestly, I would have been okay with Golden Tate signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He chooses the New York Giants. He's 30 years old. He's had to play in Detroit. He played a little bit in Seattle. But while I was back when Seattle wasn't really that good, then he goes to Detroit who have primed the playoffs once, and now he goes to Philadelphia and, you know, gets a little taste of winning. Oh, I kind of like this, so I'm going to go to the New York Giants at the age of 30. Oh, and don't forget about that all-star quarterback. Eli Manning's going to be throwing meatballs all day down the field to him. And I can just already imagine Golden Tate having a conversation, say, can we get a real quarterback that can throw it 30 yards down the field to me or something? I would love, just love to get someone that can catch the ball outside the um, numbers. An outside receiver, someone. Because right now it looks like Damoon Patterson's going to do it or some first or late first or late second round pick that has never even um, played in the NFL. I don't want to put my money on that. I don't want to put my money the first season on any single receiver in this draft because I'm not sure about any of them. There's no real one that stands out, and there's no doubt they're going to be real good. People say DK Metcalf, that guy's a work in progress. I think he is a little. He's got potential, but he hasn't reached it yet. That's got work in progress. I just don't, I don't see. I don't see anyone that we can possibly get in the late first or mid to late second round that can catch outside the numbers for us, can be our lone outside the numbers receiver because we have no one else doing it. We literally have nothing else. We have Damoon Patterson and Josh Gordon who might not even play. So do you see the problem here? We don't, we don't have. Just a quick ad. I mean, seriously, the Giants should really get a better quarterback. Shouldn't you 
your quarterback should be able to scramble. And uh, I'm pretty sure 40-year-olds can't run that fast. Well, the scrambling part for me, you don't need the guy who can. I know. You need the guy who can. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just think like you're opening statement of they need to scramble. I think they need to be able to dance out of the pocket a little. But, yeah, I get your point that they need to be able to throw, which clearly, like, that's just an interception waiting to happen. I mean, if he was Tom Brady, that's a great 42-year-old. I mean, still playing at Pro Bowl level. No, and I mean, the Giants could draft Dwayne Haskins. The Giants should just just do this just for me. Draft Dwayne Haskins, play Eli Manning the first week or two if needed, and just let Eli Manning mentor. And then let him walk away and you get that horrible salary cap off the books. But to get Golden Tate or something, someone, I mean, we could, like, like, Stephon Gilmore's a great, like, Devin McCourty is a base salary of $9 million. Can we trim that up a little? That's not a player-friendly contract. Dante Hightower's making $7 mil. Can we trim that up a little? Marcus Cannon's making $5.5 mil. Can we trim that up a little? Or at least some of these, for goodness sake. And Michael Bennett, it, like, Julian Edelman has a base salary of $2 million. So the thing that bothers me about this is, we don't, we really don't have enough salary cap space, and Julian Edelman's getting two million dollars, which is ridiculous. Wait, he's wait, way, way more worth. That should be an embarrassment to the New England organization. We are paying Julian Edelman, former Super Bowl MVP, our by far like our only receiver on the roster, two million dollars. How much? How much do they have? Like, let's say you cut. All of your players, how much salary space do you like? How much money do you have? What do you mean, cut all your players? like? Just how much? Oh, how much do they have right now? You know how a like, little over nine mil right now. No, you know how like in the NBA they have like eighty-two million dollars to pay everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, how, how much it's is that? More mean? than that, but oh. oh, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah, I, don't, I, I have no clue. I I know a little bit more about the salary in the NBA than the NFL, but I have an idea about the NFL. And we could trim up a few of these salaries um, for sure. I mean, Devin McCourty's not a $9 million player anymore, at least. So, I mean, Golden Tate, like, why would you go to the Giants? And it's it said about Bruce Ellington that um, he's been working his way around the Patriot tree. What? what what does that even mean? <laughs> with the by the signing with the going to Houston and San Francisco and Detroit and doing nothing and just working his way around the tree. And listen, I don't know. Bill Belichick always finds a way, but how do you find a way when you literally have no one? What are we gonna have? Matthew Slater line up outside because he's gonna be <laughs> our tallest wide receiver that can actually like it's either. Moon Patterson or Matthew Slater because Josh Gordon might not even play. Is it legal to line up Stephen Goskowski at? We, we might have to. We might. We might have Rob Gron- James Devlin, who I, I, I actually not even sure what James Devlin's height is. He's six three. Yeah, you know what? James Devlin's gonna do it for us because he's not actually to do it. We we've seen him do it a few times, but he's not gonna be consistent. It's just gonna be a, for a few plays to you know trick the defense or whatever just because they're running some certain play where he needs to do it. Not consistently. I think you need at least two guys who can catch outside the numbers. At least two. Okay, but you know what I thought was a really good move from the Patriots? That they got rid of uh, one of their well, tight ends, really. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne that was, Allen. All right, that was a good move. Oh. 
And he was coming off of a great season with the with the uh, Cowboys, I believe it was. Well, not great, but not like really bad as he stunk up the Patriots. He he didn't do that in Dallas. He was actually decent, I guess. Yeah. So like, a lot okay. of the problem with this Patriots roster is a lot of their players are old. Back in like 2014, their roster was like one of the youngest rosters in the league. So they had all these, yeah. So they had all these players on rookie deals making less money than they should, and they could pay some of these other guys like Darrell Revis. This season, they can't do that because they have one of the oldest rosters in the league, and they have all these guys making more money than they should or the right amount of money, besides Julian Edelman, who's $2 million is absurd. I'm sorry. But um, that, um, that's all I have to say about that. So, um, yeah, um, if you have any um, suggestions, um, please submit those on the Anchor mobile app, and me and Colin will see you next time. Thank you.